Welcome to The Generalist, a podcast of Canadian Occupational Therapy Perspectives. Season 2! This season will explore a different topic every episode. Today I'm chatting with Bronwyn, a pediatric OT working in Alberta. Bronwyn graduated from the University of Alberta in 2011, following an undergrad in English and Psychology. Since then, he's worked for Key Creative, a private practice serving children and their families through success, coaching, celebration of strengths, and collaboration to create meaningful learning. Since 2017, Bronwyn has worked part-time for Key, splitting his time between the Edmonton area and his tiny homestead in Invermere. Bronwyn loves skateboarding, snowboarding, beekeeping, traveling with his partner in their 1982 Volkswagen van Buttercup, writing, and watching RuPaul's Drake Race with his pets. Topics on today's episode include occupation, when did that become not enough, starting with spirit and strengths, and OT yourself. I think that play is like absolutely what life is about. I think that, um, yeah, no matter your age, I think that, um, yeah, I don't know. Play is, play is where it's at because I think play kind of evokes this like exploratory kind of like let's try this. Let's see if it works. If it doesn't, we'll try a different way. And I think that that is, I don't know, like that's something that kind of gets beat out of you when you go to school. It's kind of like my nephew and I were talking about this yesterday, actually about school and about how it's like, uh, you kind of learn how to play the game and like do as much as you have to, you know, to, to kind of get by. And it's like, it's more about, you know, getting things right, playing the game. Right. I guess I'm talking about play, but like, it's like <laughs> yeah, you learn how to play the school game and like mm-hmm. kind of do what you have to do. Right. And get the right answers and get the approval and all that. But I think that like the flip side of that is like, um, just being like a, kind of like a bottom up approach. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to do this and see what happens and we're going to play and the answers are going to come from playing. Um, not yeah. just, yeah. And we're not shown the right way right off the bat. Mm-mm. Right. It's like, here's this idea. How do you get to it? Take your own path. And mm-hmm. in school, when there's 30 kids, it's really hard to be like, okay, everyone go on your own path now. And there's not enough room in the classroom for everyone to walk across a room, yeah. let alone make their own path. So totally. Yeah. And I don't think that play has to be necessarily like, I don't think that play is chaos. I think that mm-hmm. like play is really, um, it's just meaningful in and of itself. And I think that it, it has its own structure and its own flow. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I can yeah. unpack that. <laughs> and I really like how you describe play. Um, it sounded like a description of OT, mm-hmm. you know, exactly, finding right? your new way. Like that seems like our true essence of mm-hmm. when I think of occupational therapy, it's yeah. playing towards something. And if it doesn't work, figuring out a different way, but keeping meaning in where you're going. Yeah, and I think it's often said, like, oh, yeah, play is the occupation of children, so, like, let's do that. What about me? I like to play. (laughs) Yeah, play is the occupation of the people, I think, because I think before we had structures and schools and stuff, maybe there was just that, like, what are we going to do today? I think play has goals. I think, you know. Totally. Play has outcomes, but it's, like, it's not uh, not prescriptive in the way that, like, it's, like, okay, we know how we're going to get there. It's, like, this is what we're going to try, or this is our outcome. Mm -hmm. Let's see what happens yeah Yeah. it's a little more free yeah and I think people have more opportunity to be themselves and to show their strength so just thinking about this the other day um I was going in to do an activity and kind of an observational uh, assessment with a new kid Mm -hmm. 
And I had to leave it super free and super open because I don't know what that kid had to bring to the table. I know their favorite thing on paper was Lego and Batman, but that doesn't really tell me anything about how they think or how their brain works Mm -hmm. or their creativity or passion. And I think sometimes we get tricked into using these assessments or predicting what the kid might be good at. And then you only know what you predicted. Mm -hmm. So you have no space for them to show you. And I think sometimes I definitely get caught in that. But... Luckily, the other day, I thought of giving myself space. Yeah. And the kid, sure enough, came up, up with all these ideas and games that I wouldn't have thought of. And exactly. I didn't think they had the capacity, quote unquote, I'm doing these little bunny ears in the mm-hmm. air, um, to do those things. Yeah. So I gave room and they were able to share, mm-hmm. you know, their spirit with me, which is so cool. And I think, like, part of it is, like we're talking about unschooling yourself part of it is like in you know we do get stressed out we think that we have to use assessments we do have to go in there being professional we have to say okay this is what we're gonna do Mm -hmm. um we have solutions we have strategies we're here to help but i think that um play takes away that stress in a way because it it um, kind of assumes in a way that the answers are there or that they will come Mm-hmm. Um, if you let them and if you, uh, if you collaborate in a playful way with people and that's, I think, you know, that's part of the unschooling yourself. I used to get really worried and really stressed about like, oh, that person's really knows about that program that came mm-hmm. out and that person really knows about that. And, um, I think that it took me a long time to get to the point where I'm like, you know what? I don't have to have all those answers because the answers are there. And that's, I think that that, that brings it back to like, yeah, it's a really client centered Totally. And I like that term unschooling yourself because Mm -hmm. I think it's like got a double meaning, right? Mm -hmm. So you're unschooling your train of thought and yes, staying within, you know, our models. But I think sometimes when we use assessments or when we, not as just assessments, but when we use a certain train of thought, Mm -hmm. we get stuck in that train of thought instead of using it as a resource and bouncing between a few of them or bouncing within one, we get stuck in a streamlined approach. Mm -hmm. So we have to kind of break free of that. But also, in our case, when we're working with kids, you're unschooling them, too, because yes. they're waiting for, okay, learn it, test it, find out if you're right or wrong. Mm-hmm. And we're like, nah, you're always right. Yeah. It's all good. You know, we're just using and shaping what you got. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like twofold unschooling yeah. yourself. And I think that play, like, play is assessment and play mm-hmm. is treatment. Um, if you let it be and if you do it right, I guess. Um Sorry, can you say that again? (laughs) Play is assessment and play is treatment if you do it right. And if, you know, if you, if you do it right, (laughs) if you do it right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have lots of stories, but I think, um, I guess the idea is that, you know, figure out what the outcome is and then play and you will find the way. Mm -hmm. You will. Yeah. Be true to the process. Mm -hmm. It is the process. Yeah. And I guess that's where the being comes in in OT. Like it's really to co it's really easy to come up with a doing plan mm-hmm. and we're gonna do this task and this game and this game and that play. Mm-hmm. But if you're not being in that play, it's not free enough mm-hmm. to let it show you what it needs to show you. Yeah, and it was really freeing for me when I kind of was like, you know what? Maybe it isn't about, you know, coming with all the answers and coming with the program. It's really about being yeah, just just being yourself. Mm-hmm. And I'm as I said to a parent yesterday, I'm like I will take any excuse to play, but I'm always going to bring it back to the evidence-based stuff, mm-hmm. right? It's not, it's not about like, oh, I just want to play and like not do any work. It's always going to be coming back to bringing in the neuroscience, bringing in the occupation, 
occupational therapy um, mod- models and stuff like that. Exactly. It's all gonna, it's all gonna come back to the evidence. But first, you got to start with that bottom up approach. I think. Yeah, and while you're playing, you're regulating, but you're also teaching meaningful things in a way people are gonna remember. Exactly. So me dropping a not a neuroscience bomb on you isn't. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh wow, that's a really cool piece of intro of yeah. information. Yeah. But if I prove it to you through play. Mm-hmm. Or really give you a concrete example of it through play. Yeah. That's what you remember. Yeah. I think there's a time and a place for that education piece mm-hmm. and for sitting down and laying out um, what's happening. Um, but, it, you know, at the same time, I think you can you can kind of, like, flow with it and play and then say, this is what I was doing. Yeah. This is what yeah. they're doing. This is what you're doing when you're doing this, you know? Yeah. Um, so This is what's happening in your yeah. body. This is what's happening in your brain or your kid's brain or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like I, I said earlier, I'm like, yeah, if you do it the right way, you know, or, you know, play is the, play can be assessment and treatment if you do it the right way. And I guess that's mm-hmm. loaded with assumptions and biases too, right. because um, there are different ways to play. I mean, there are structured games and there are, you know, like there is like adult led play, but I think like the kind of play I'm talking about is like, let's get into, like, let's really get into what you're doing and, and play with you and, and collaborate and you lead it. And yeah, I'm nodding my head like crazy, but (laughs) (laughs) tell me what, like, what does that mean? Like get into it with them. Like, can you like paint me a picture, paint us, paint the listeners a picture of like, what does play look like with Bronwyn and A a kid? I guess it's like, you've got, okay, we've got the outcome or like, okay, what is the goal and the outcome? We got it running in the background of the brain or like mm-hmm. in whatever part it runs in. <laughs> but while we're playing, um, like it, it's actually being present, I guess. Being right. present in that moment with that person doing that occupation with them, which is play. It's not, um, it's not contrived. It's not like I'm bringing you this thing and we're going to do it because I said so. It's, um, it's, I'm going to be a hundred percent present with what you're doing mm-hmm. while I'm thinking about what, you know, how do we take that and, and move it forward, you know, push it to the just right challenge or push it, you know, like push it towards the goal. Um, not in a way that's like taking it over, but in a way that's like, I guess it's coach. It's a, it's, it's a way that you're coaching, coaching the play but you're collaborating and you're having fun and you're being present. Yeah. <laughs> you make it look effortless <laughs> when you do it. So I think it's probably hard for us to like yeah. break down what you do, but yeah. And I think, mm-hmm. but I think that, um, if the first goal is to be present, be collaborative and, um, um, and just like, yeah, just play, just have fun. Like, uh, then, then the answers can come to you. you right. Know? But first be present and, and regulate together. So yeah. yeah. Thanks. So we gotta be present. And then I guess in kids' world, play is their meaningful occupation. Mm-hmm. So jump into collaborating, doing, being with someone mm-hmm. by fully engaging in occupation. Yeah. And I think that's true in any age group. Like exactly. Maybe we don't necessarily, I, we've touched on this, but we haven't like, let's get into it now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that occupation is play for kids. Mm-hmm. When did it stop being play for adults? I guess when there's sort of like maybe other people telling you um, that there's, that this is the way that you do it. And I guess in certain ways, you know, like, you know, you go to a job and you have to learn the rules. I'm not saying you don't have ground rules in play. You don't Mm -hmm. have 
back and forth in collaboration. You got rules in tag. Yeah. You got rules in any kind of play. For, you got to yeah. share. You got to take turns. You got to think of my ideas and what about mm-hmm. your ideas and can we collaborate ideas. And yeah. Yeah. An example, I guess, would be that the other day I was working with a kid and um, his parents really want him to spend more time outside because it's mm-hmm. regulating. It's mm-hmm. good physical activity. And um, I said, so would you want, like, should we go outside? Like, would that be of interest to you to, like, start going outside some more when I come to visit? And he's like, yeah, but right now I want to play iPad. I was like, Okay, well, can we first go outside and then play iPad? He said, "No, I really want to. I really want to show you my Roblox level." I'm like, "All right, let's compromise." So there, I'm working on a goal that he has with compromise. I'm modeling it. I'm mm-hmm. also being the kid who wants something, who wants to do something my way, um, but he wants to do it his his way. So I'm like, "Okay, we can compromise." Let, I love and, that. And I said, "Should we set a timer?" He's like, "Yeah." I was like, "How long should we set it for?" He's like, "Maybe ten minutes." I was like, that is reasonable. So when you just, mm-hmm. you are present and you play and you model the things that you maybe want to see. Um, so anyways, yeah, the like, story gets better. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> so we played Roblox. And he's into these, like, obbies. They're, like, obstacle uh, course um levels. Cool. There's like this obstacle where you're like walking on like, you know, burger patties and like you're jumping <laughs> over like fraught, like a hot pan of oil and like mustard. And so he's showing me all these like levels that you have to go through. And I'm like, this is perfect. We're going to, he agreed to go play in the backyard and we're going to, I was like, why don't we just take this? Like after this, we'll go play live action Roblox outside and we'll make our own obbies. He's like, yeah, yeah, we will. Amazing. Like, and so we used had I pushed my own way and said, no, we're going outside. I'm the adult. I'm the adult. My turn first. Yeah. Yeah. He would have, we wouldn't have come up with that collaborative idea together. So that's Mm -hmm. what I'm saying. The answer's there. So we went outside and it was amazing because there's like this little yellow rope. It was a dog leash and it looked like the mustard that you have to jump over. So I set that up and you have, there's this one part where you have to like walk on a barbecue. Um, and he had like this fold out dog crate. I'm like, that looks like the barbecue. And then there was like a fire pit that looked like this portal that you have to transport like through a hamburger into the next and world. And it just all happened to be and there. And it happened and I had fun and he had fun and we met the outcomes and it was like, oh my goodness, this is what I live for. Yeah. And this is what he lives for. And you know what? It was a win-win situation. <laughs> <laughs> and like, that's, I think, such a great example of I almost think of the Field of Dreams movie. Mm-hmm. You know, if you build it, they will come. Mm-hmm. You know, if you build in those, that flexible thinking. Because I think that's one of the biggest things we work on with every kid we mm-hmm. work with or every kid I've ever met, you know? That story gets better. After we did the first one, he said, that was so fun. Let's do it again. And I said, all right. So we did it again. It was great because he has the memory for all of the things in there. And I was mm-hmm. like, let's drag these things in. So it was a collaboration of our strengths, too. And it pushes you as a creative. Yeah. And I think that is my favorite thing in, like, any kind of visit or session or whatever you call it, is Mm -hmm. when you're asking someone to push themselves, if you're not pushing it, it's so unfair. Mm -hmm. It's so uneven. Mm -hmm. Like, that's when you go to spin class and the instructor instructor isn't even on a bike. Mm -hmm. And you're like, you can't tell me what to do. Because... You're not even sweating. I don't believe yeah, you. But you're not compromising. You're not playing. If Why they're on I the bike yeah. and they're huffing and puffing with me, I go. Because I'm like, they can do it. I can do it. We can do it together. It's awesome. And I think yeah. that's like, I know it's a silly example. Spin mm-hmm. class and nothing like meaningful or like huge life changing. But 
that's how you get there. Mm-hmm. It's in these little wins. So continue. What yeah, happened next? Well, I think uh, the work that we do there, there is like um, from from our stakeholders and our funders. There's like a big kind of push to help with family capacity and, and that kind of stuff. And you know, a lot of people are tired, and so bringing the freshness of play to the family is really mm-hmm. great. But anyways, as we were finishing, he said, "Tomorrow, I'm going to do that with mom. She's going to set it up with me." And so he. Whoa! Was, so he's generalizing it without. Yeah. I didn't have to be like, tomorrow you have to do this. I was like, he just said, tomorrow I'm going to do this with mom. And I was like, yeah, you can do it with your dad. You can do it with your sister. You, there's millions of Roblox obbies. We got the whole summer, dude. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, so now you have him inspired to do it on his own, Mm -hmm. to bring in meaningful people. Yeah, and next, his family. next up, we're going to do Mario at the playground. We're nice. going to do maybe, like, um, biking, Mario Kart, you know, that. Get some balloons just, going. Yeah, we're just, you know. But I'm not going to lead it. This kid's going to lead it. Yeah, and then he's going to find the confidence and the skills to be able to take what he's passionate about and build into his life. Like, mm-hmm. that's, I think that's a pretty good goal mm-hmm. that you're achieving right now. Hey, that's what the goal for my life is. So right, <laughs> he's ahead of us now. Yeah. He's ahead of us. Yeah. That's okay. Hey, generalist, if you're like me and can't get enough OT conversations, check out otpodcast.com for a listing of occupational therapy podcasts from around the world. That's otpodcast.com. All right, now we're gonna get into the other half of unschooling yourself. Mm -hmm. So we went down the rabbit hole of unschooling yourself within therapy sessions with a kid, with, you know, potentially an adult. We start Mm -hmm. skimming that service. We'll get there later. Think about how you could do the same thing with an adult, with anyone, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, you brought up a good point a little bit earlier off mic. Mm -hmm. Uh, Unschooling yourself? Mm -hmm. Tell me more. Well, I guess this, like, whole theme was, like, OT yourself. And I think that, like, I don't know, like, if it's cool, I can tell you, like, about my own life and about things that I've been through, and, um, you know, uh, I not only work with people who have been through trauma or, you know, have lived with mental health diagnoses, but I also um, lost both my brother and my dad to suicide, and uh, I lost my dad to suicide in 2017, so that was more recent, and, you know... I think, like, having kind of run away from my trauma mm-hmm. or thrown all of my energy into, you know, OT school and, and supporting school others, and get supporting through that. others, and I had kind of lost sight of myself after my brother died, because mm-hmm. um, he passed away right before, I, the day I went to university, so. Oh, okay. So I had, uh, I went into my undergrad, wow. and I powered through that, and then I worked for a year, and then I powered through my mm-hmm. master's, and I had kind of, like, you know, I was kind of living life, but, um you know, that all gave me a focus. Like, yeah. you know, school gave me a focus. But the head down blind Yeah, it was a game I knew yeah. how to play, and it was um, it was a game that was formulaic, and I knew how to do it, right? And um, so, yeah, and then I started working and, you know, started playing with the kids and having all the fun and learning about trauma and learning about um, how to integrate trauma-informed therapy kind of stuff into play or, uh, yeah. Into, yeah. my, into my therapy. Into work, into everything. Into my yeah. work. And then I was, uh, and then in 2017, my dad passed away and I said, you know what? I know all this stuff in my head. Mm-hmm. I've never actually learned how to do it for myself. Right. Um, and so uh, that year I, well, yeah, I, I had glimpses of learning how to do it for myself, but I 
at that moment, I was like, I need to do this for myself. Now. <laughs> now. Yeah, no more excuses. Um, so my partner and I moved back. Like, we we had gone on a van trip in our in our Westphalia camper van. It's pretty um, legit camper it's pretty van. Legit. Yeah. So yeah, I, you know, I, we moved back into our van for the summer and took a bunch of time off work and just refocused on, okay, what is it that we have to do um, mm-hmm. in order to, to deal with this trauma, but also with my own um, mental health kind of stuff and, and sort of seeing the trajectory of what happened with my dad, I was kind of like, I need to start taking care of this now um, yeah. in a real evidence-based way and but of like practical way and, I and, was a, like, dedicated and way. a dedicated like way taking and, that you know what yeah. yeah and maybe this is the answer to uh play for adults okay <laughs> um for me it was yeah it became like spending time in nature it became taking my cat <laughs> adventuring and we took her canoeing we took her you know uh tubing down the river and it's like yeah that's kind of you know maybe someone would look at that and say that's ridiculous but mm-hmm. that is what i needed to do to save my life I needed to play. And um, so when we say play like your life depends on it, it does. Um, The neuroscience shows that um, spending time in nature uh, is the best way to deal, like one of the best ways to deal Mm -hmm. with stress or, you know. Forest bathing research, like all this stuff is coming out. And I think that research has been out for a long time. It's Mm -hmm. just coming out in different segments. So a little bit here and a little bit there and a little bit there. And it's something just so intuitive to most folk that, Mm -hmm. you know you don't feel good for a couple of days and you were stuck in your house and mm-hmm. you go for a walk and you're like, wow, mm-hmm. that was good. Yeah. I'm ready for a shower now. I'm ready for like yeah. tomorrow. But you say that, yeah, you say it's intuitive, but I think that it, it like it isn't. I think a lot of people mm. have lost sight of it. And I think that, um, yeah, we aren't aware of how important it is because maybe the, the research hasn't been translated in a way that we understand that we could do this for ourselves. A lot of times the research is very much like driven by what, you know, a program that someone makes, right. they research it mm-hmm. and they, you know, get the funding for it and they say, yeah, this is evidence-based. But if you look at what the mechanisms or what's happening to the brain when they're mm-hmm. doing these therapies, it's really something that you could do for yourself. Yeah. Um, not all the time. I'm not, mm. I'm not saying that there's a, there's a time and a place for like real, like we take the RCT, we take the very um, rigorous, yeah, yeah, rigorous. Yes, we yes, take yes. the evidence base and we say yes. But if we can look at what, what, uh, was actually happening, like, mm-hmm. um, we can, we can say we can do this for ourselves. Yeah. We can go outside. We can go lie in a lake and that is going to help us with our trauma. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I think... Like, intuitive maybe isn't the right word. Like, I think if you tell people, you know, go out in nature and you'll feel better, I don't think anyone's going to say, no, that doesn't work. Mm -hmm. I just don't think people are going to say, that is what my body needs. I'm going to make space and I'm going to make time in my life to do that Mm -hmm. because it's valuable and I am meaningful. I think, especially in, like, Western culture, um, you want to, like, yes, we want to be happy and we want to do all these things, but you're a project... Like, your self-worth is what you do, what you can show, all those things. So you laying in the lake, looking up at the sky, doesn't prove to other people mm-hmm. your worth or yeah. your being. Yeah. And I think that's something that when you're feeling low, you need to prove yourself. So maybe you do your hair and you put a photo on, you know, social media. Mm-hmm. Because that's how you think other people will perceive you now. Mm-hmm. And that's how you're going to, like, feel better. But no one feels better, no. right? You just feel more fake. You feel more shallow. You feel more 
of a shell. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe it's a big piece of it is allowing us to say, that makes sense to me to go outside. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to do that mm-hmm. and screw everything else. Yep. And I think you bring up a good point, like with the social media pieces that like a lot of us are trying to feel good in isolation. And I think mm-hmm. that um, the magic of play uh, is that we often, you can do it by yourself. There's solitary play. That's cool. But um, playing together, mm-hmm. uh, playing with other people, um, you know, we could talk about what's happening in the brain when that's happening. Um, but we don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> we can. We're right getting up, right, right up. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, we're playing with other people is the place where the trauma, the, the, the play, like when you get stuck in, in with trauma in your body and in your brain, the way to, that the brain can, can work through that is through experiencing calming sensory things. It's through, you know, jamming on your ukulele with people, with your friends. Mm -hmm. It's through, um, let's just talk about what I did for myself. Yeah. Can you share with everyone? This is went on a road trip. Um, and I, yeah, went on a road trip with the cat after my dad passed away. Um, and ended up, which was a long time dream of mine, uh, but ended up getting a little acreage out in the mountains. Um, Mm -hmm. and, kind of creating like a yeah just seriously OTing myself OTing my trauma OTing the the um kind of the parts of me that I'd sort of stuffed aside yeah. you know when I was busy going to school playing the game you know doing getting the house mm-hmm. whatever um and sort of just said I'm gonna I'm gonna go bottom up on this I'm, I'm yeah. just gonna stop saying this is what life is about and this is how I should do it and I'm just going to play yeah. So let's go through. Um, yeah. the, let's go through your <laughs> new experience through our senses. Mm-hmm. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. Let's go full bottom up. Okay. So tell me what you see on your acreage. Well, uh, when we knew it was the right place, but uh, because we were walking through this forest and there's just massive trees. Um, it's two point two acres, so it's like it's just, it's a little it's a it's a nice piece. <laughs> but um, uh, there's trees, and as you're walking through there, you've got the smell of the moss, you've got the smell of the pine trees, and. Um, just the the smell of the sage and the smell of the juniper it's all there so like right away that brought me like right down there's this one tree that I go and sit under and the roots are or the the branches are really low Mm -hmm. and it's like I can actually sit there and it kind of like feels like it's got like little feet that are like hugging me (laughs) (laughs) um Mm -hmm. and there's like you know trees that you can climb or uh you know have built some little swings and a tree house and a little zip line, which yeah, is all that vestibular stuff, yeah. and a hammock. Um, and so, yeah, uh, what senses? We, we talked about the vestibular. Um, yeah. Well, and just even within the hammock, the, mm-hmm. the tree branches. Mm-hmm. And you get this kaleidoscope effect when you're mm-hmm. looking up from them. Exactly. Yeah. So you're integrating your visual system with your vestibular system while in the hammock, which mm-hmm. neuroscience will say, you know, like there are these programs where you can go and you can do you know, you can spin in a chair and you can do something with your visual system and you can reintegrate your vestibular and your Mm -hmm. visual system. Yeah. There's programs you can do that with, but you can also do it for yourself in nature. And yeah, I mean, there's a time and a place for maybe that program. Yes. But, um, there's also play. There's also play in nature with your hammock. And, um, and your zip line. <laughs> your zip line. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so then, we got through, yeah. And tell me about the sounds. What do you hear 
on your acreage. There's birds chirping, and there's the wind that goes, blows through the trees, and, oh, I can also smell, like, the smoke, like, some people have, um, uh, like, fireplaces in their houses that live around. Mm-hmm. There's also a coffee roastery that you can sometimes smell the smells of. Um, there is sound from, like, the road, like, nearby, which is actually quite comforting in a way, because you know that other people are around, and that right. there's a community of people that are there if I need yeah. them. But then I'm also, you know, got my, my birds chirping and everything. And I guess, like, there's the proprioception um, that just happens from all of the things that I do there, like digging. And sometimes I just go and I just dig. And I'm like, okay, I guess I, I dug that hole. Now it's going to be, um, or I dug this part of my little hill here. I guess it's going to be the garden. And so it's, Perfect. it's um, yeah, it, in a way it's sort of like... It's kind of how you approach play with kids, right? Exactly. Like, I feel like digging with a mm-hmm. shovel. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a couple hours later, you're like, oh, this is starting to look like a garden. Mm-hmm. And now you're planting, now you're growing, now you're, you know, doing exactly. a whole other, quote unquote, adult mm-hmm. occupation of gardening. Yeah. Right? Exactly. But it started through play and through my body needs to dig. Yeah, exactly. And just listening. My body needs to dig. My body needs to lie here and look so up. How did you start? How did you listen to that your body telling you what it needed. How did you get there? Well, I guess for many, like for many years, I'd been working as an OT, working with kids and sort of saying like, uh, this is what you should do because it's going to help you with your emotional regulation. And this is what you should, you know, Mm -hmm. so I knew it all. And so I just, and and I was coaching other people to do it, but I wasn't doing it myself. And I'm not saying everyone has to go out and buy an acreage because I think there's ways, you know, uh, I was very fortunate that I was able to do that. And that was what I needed to do. Mm But I think that um, there's other, you know, there's other ways to do it. You know, Mm -hmm. we can also, we can say, you know, like, I don't feel so good or I've been through something really hard and I can start, um, you can start, um, I guess, acknowledging that and then saying, okay, what are the, what does the evidence say Mm -hmm. about, um, about what I can do about this, right? And I guess we do that. We coach the kids and we, we help spread that knowledge. Mm. And, um, and it's really easy them. to yeah. see it in yeah, families or in other exactly. people. But and we empower it and um, empower other people to do it mm-hmm. for themselves. And I think so. I think we just have to apply the knowledge that we have if we were, mm. uh, if we have it and, and into our own. You know, I had, I had to start listening to my body and start saying, you know what? No, I can't go out in public today. What I need to do is sit under this tree and listen to the wind. Right. Until I'm done sitting under the tree and listening to the wind. And then I'm going to walk over there. I'm going to dig. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I did this all within, you know, I, I had to start working half time. But mm-hmm. as I did that, not only did I become better at playing for myself and healing myself that way, um, I and, and that's an ongoing thing. I yeah. have to do that forever, right, and to different degrees because... That is and that's I what we're teaching yeah. our kids and our yeah. families that, you know, trauma doesn't go away. No, trauma doesn't go away and mental health diagnoses don't go away. But what you can do is you can you can change um, your environment or you can mm-hmm. choose an environment to go to that's going to help you do that. Um, yeah. And yeah. and exposing yourself to a sensory rich environment. Um, there is so much research on how much that will build your brain. Yes. Anyone's brain. More than staying in the dark basement watching TV? Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. I'm starting to get it. I'm starting to get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. More than powering through whatever it is that you think you have to power through because maybe you're, you know, the way you were brought up or the way that um, the culture is, is that, yeah, you know, 
you you have something bad happens, mm-hmm. you grieve it, you move on, right? Right. Um, and you get back to work as fast as possible and pretend everything's fine. Um, unfortunately, your body remembers, and so mm-hmm. um, the and the body stores so much of the trauma that you've been through. So and then it comes up unexpectedly. Yeah. When you're not thinking it's going to. No. Yeah. And you don't even maybe know that it is that. And right. uh, and so, um, okay, if trauma is stored in the body, then it would make sense um, to work with the body to heal um, the body. To heal the body. Yeah. 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 Our instant is to you know it's in your head, mm-hmm. and let's get some meds in there. You mm-hmm. know you're gonna be fine. Mm-hmm. But it's our body. Yeah. It's it's more than just yeah. our brains. And there's a, you know, I, I yeah. definitely think there's a time and a place for, like, the medication. Room oh, 100%. And, and that's 100%. part of the healing. Um, but, but part. This is, yeah. But this part, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, try, try j- like, running off a dock into, like, a nicely, <laughs> fro- like, a somewhat freezing lake um, and get out and think about how your body feels. Mm-hmm. You know, if you are feeling low or, or um, not having a great day, jump off that dock into that cold lake. Okay. You'll feel your heart what, beating yeah, now. Yeah. You'll see what happens um, with your body. Yeah. Cool. We won't, we won't give any more spoilers. Go do it. Go, Go figure it, it out. Go try Give it. us some feedback. Yeah. Let us know how you're, how you're jumping to the ice water went. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you're listening to this in the summer months and mm. not so much in December. Stay <laughs> safe around the ice. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. our uh, public service announcement. Mm-hmm. Lie um, in the snow. Oh yeah. yeah there you go. Yeah. Lie in the snow. Lie in the snow. Build a, build yourself a snow, a Quincy, a snow mm-hmm. fort. Yeah. I did that. Yeah. yeah, and then when it collapsed, I turned it into the the, the Chilenium Falcon. I painted <laughs> it. I put like a garbage can lid on it. Like, yeah, I get into some pretty serious play projects when I'm yes. out there. Yeah, that's but what it's for. That's what it's for. That's what it's for. So you jump in, jump okay, in. Last yes, thing about yes, unschooling yes. yourself within um, the context of like, okay, so a lot of it's like we are very much busy in these lives where we're like, you know, we specialize mm-hmm. in things and we do our jobs and we have other people doing things for us. And I think another part of what I've done for myself with um, my place is to also say there's a lot of things that like a lot of hands-on things that maybe I didn't learn because yeah. I wasn't socialized to learn them or, you know, no one taught me. And then I spent a lot of time at school where it was book learning and writing and all, you know, playing the game of school and so, um, you know, part of what I'm doing is also saying, this is a place where I can, like, try to build things. I'm going to go right. to the dump, I'm going to salvage some wood, and I'm going to build that treehouse. I don't know how to build a treehouse, but I'm also going to approach, uh, I'm going to say, uh, appro- approach your life in a, in a play, sort of like a play-focused way, where you're like, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to try new things. Yeah. And, it's and okay if it doesn't if work out. Good at that. Yeah. You had yeah. wood from the dump, mm-hmm. and it was your tree. And you know what? If it doesn't work, you're just gonna take that wood down and burn it exactly. in the fireplace saw because it up that's with what that it was saw. gonna be. Yeah, that'll be, fun too. that'll be a nice sensory experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that a lot of us are scared to try new things mm-hmm. because we, um, because of school or because of the way that we're sort of taught that like, oh, you know, just learning now. Yeah, like, you have and... to be good at it. Or there's this formula to doing it. Right, and it's like. There is a formula to doing it, but allow yourself to try things and fail and, and try a different way. And, and enjoy being bad at things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that that is something that any of us can take up any time of any day is like, mm-hmm. wow, I could try something new. I'm just going to get a you know, knife and a piece of wood and I'm going to carve and it's just going to be to do it. Yeah. It's just going to be for this occupation for the sake of occupation, yeah. doing something for the sake of doing it. We don't always have to have outcomes and measures and... Yeah. And you never know how many 
of those healing outcomes you're going to achieve exactly. just through play. Exactly. Um, you talked about so many things there. I just want to ask, so it sounds like, you know, you are really unschooling yourself and you're taking it to an extreme. What were, which is what you needed to do mm-hmm. in this moment of time. Yeah, it was a tipping point. Um, what were some of those obstacles to, to do- unschooling? Because I know this has been an idea of yours for years. Mm-hmm. What were some of those obstacles that you went through? Was it all of a sudden you just committed and did it? like, Or was it a series or a progression of, I'm going to start doing little things, and then it kind of snowballed into this acreage of play? Like, mm-hmm. how did how did that journey go? Well, I think that I've always, um, like, I've always been, like, a let's play kind of person. Like, mm-hmm. since I was a kid, it was, like, I, I grew up on an acreage and ran around outside and was always, like, going through tools and trying to figure out stuff and um it was actually like I mean play is what led me to becoming like to becoming an OT pretty much I Mm -hmm. had never like when I was in grade four I was homeschooled and I went to uh like I I had a French tutor or whatever um as part of my homeschooling and she had like a little guy who I got to like he was two or whatever. I got to play with him like after I was done my French. And they had all the coolest toys, and I'm like, you know, in grade four, I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. Let's play. Um, and a few years later, he was diagnosed with like an autism spectrum disorder, and um, like, but we had such a great connection just through play. And so like, you know, after after that, um, I ended up becoming like a respite worker and learning about like, oh, there's this whole world of like, ah, okay. you know, working with people. Um, and helping them, like, yeah, with the occupations, I guess. Um, and it was, like, many, many years later and lots of other things that actually led me to being like, oh, that's what occupational therapy is. I yeah. can do that. Um, but I think that um, play is, is something that I'm super passionate about. Mm-hmm. And so it was, you know, the way that I got into OT. And it's, I think that there's always obstacles. There's the mm-hmm. obstacles of, like, I'm not good enough. You know, um, I know we always talk about like the, that therapeutic use of self, um, and that should be enough, you know, sometimes, right? Meaningful occupation mm-hmm. and therapeutic use of self is what OT is about, but you go to school and there's all these measures, you've seen what other people are doing, you're like thinking, you're overthinking, you're, you're it overthinking sometimes. it sometimes, or you mm-hmm. like, you, uh, go, I think that, like, maybe people's mindsets, too. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, um, you go to a meeting, and it's like you got to prove, like, Your worth. what it is that you do. And, I mean, we do. it. We, we The great thing is, is the documentation that we do, that I do, is, like, very much we can we can write. Like, we did this, and, like, we played this. This is why this it's is, so yeah. cool. This is exactly why we did it. This was the meaning that we found. And I don't yeah. think that anyone... I think once I realize that people, like, there may be a few people that are questioning, like, because I also kind of look like a kid, which <laughs> doesn't help. But um, you go to, a, like, a team meeting with all of these professionals, and you kind of look like a kid, and you're talking about how you... You're wearing your runners yeah, because right. you just came from building exactly. a treehouse with somebody. And yeah. everyone's like, we know they have a great relationship with the kid, but, like, yeah, yeah and that... And, and I think that, like, yeah. Um, I think so... It's not necessarily that those people are my barriers, it's more the mindset, the way, the anxiety I feel when I see somebody who mm. I'm like, what well, are you questioning? Like what I'm doing or my, like, the, yeah. But I think like being able to stand in your own presence. Mm, I think, And I think yeah. that the, once that anxiety hits because I deal with anxiety, um, you start, you start to fumble a little bit and you start to think, okay, well, maybe I should be doing all these things. Maybe I, uh, you know, right. and I think you can bring those tools in and you can research it. And it's not mm-hmm. like I stopped doing that. 
but I think that really the big the big picture is bring those things in like as like little modalities but play is like the real the real deal the real deal yeah and that's what other people can't do yeah that's what makes us different than other professionals that's what makes Mm -hmm. OT so special so magical so magical yeah yes yeah so I think there's always going to be the barriers and I think there's going to be barriers in our Mm -hmm. minds whether it's in a work state or in opening up and doing it for ourselves Mm -hmm. cool okay so we were just talking about all the barriers to play and all the barriers to listening to your own self. Mm-hmm. Why aren't meaningful occupations enough anymore? Oh, this is a question I think about a lot um, in my own mind as I like sift through all the anxieties of did I do everything that I could have and did I prove myself? So I think yeah, that obviously for me my big, a big barrier is with my own thoughts about it and mm-hmm. is it valid? But I think that thinking uh thinking about it is like it's also um i guess the system and like the fact that people do people do like certainty like Mm -hmm. um funders like certainty Um, don't blame them yeah don't blame them right yeah we we have to um things have they have to know if it's going to work right and and um in order to in order to be funding things and i think you know the um the healthcare system and the ot uh, you know human services system is always start that again yeah the healthcare system and the human services system is always overloaded i think and it's always changing mm-hmm. and with governments changing it's always changing and there's and so with, much uncertainty yeah in it. and i think like with parent uh parent or family demand or mm-hmm. people speaking up there's changes and so i think um yeah i just think that people do want certainty and so i think um yeah they want to know that this thing is tried and true. They want to know that how long it's going to last and um, what effects are going to come. Yeah. What effects are going to come? How is my family going to be different? Yeah. They want to know the answers. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that is why sometimes, yeah, it's like, I mean, I've had people say like, you know, maybe someone who's having to pay some of their OT services out of pocket Mm -hmm. and they're saying, well, all that Bronwyn does is play with him. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, that is the point. Right? Yes. Like you're this, like ding ding ding. That's why yeah, you, that's I'm, why I'm here. I'm playing, but like I can prove to you all the things, but mm-hmm. like maybe not everybody's on the same page as that right. to really see what's happening when you play. So there is really, a big balance yeah. of explaining yeah. like to the stakeholders or to mm-hmm. other people like why it is so meaningful and why it is working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think what I'm trying to figure out is like you know, I guess you spend so much time like you know, saying, okay, I got to get this thing. I got to do this thing. Like, I got to bring all this together. So I guess what I'm trying to think about is like, how do we make this so that it is efficient and effective mm-hmm. and we can show that it's efficient and effective. Um, and to show that meaningful occupation is efficient and effective, um, or to show that we link it to the research. So I think that like, that's a, you know, I've been practicing for almost eight years now yeah. as an OT and I'm like starting to think about like, how do we, how do I bring those two together instead of scrambling and worrying about like having to do the programs that are researched and having right. to like go through the, you know, whatever mm-hmm. that these people want to fund to give them certainty. How do I bring those two perspectives together and say like what I'm doing does have like, you know, a beginning and an end does have sort of a trajectory and a meaning and um and I think like yeah that's something to kind of always be thinking about but I think because the system's always changing um yeah you always have to kind of 
be changing yeah. with it and be, be able to speak their language yeah. to explain what you're doing. Yeah. yeah, and I think that, you know, I think it's a it's not just a question for us or for me. It's like a question for everybody who's mm-hmm. an OT and everybody who ever was an OT. It's like OT started in this very like, hey, we can you know what was what's, the, do what's stuff. the saying like the healing from hand to heart to. What is the saying? You should oh, know I don't this. Know. I don't know. From this. hand to heart to healing or whatever. The first OT before OT was like, mm-hmm. you know, when they were first um, creating. I, I always think of the busy <sighs> or uh, idle hands leads to <laughs> the devil's work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> There's the. But it was guilt. like <laughs> OT was born out of like, okay, these people need something meaningful to do. Let's help them do something. And, and people don't not do mm-hmm. and not be like we need to be moving and playing and interacting mm-hmm. whether or not something comes out of it if yeah. there's an outcome that, that's never the point it's yeah. we can't just sit in a room yeah yeah and I think maybe OT as a whole is coming like full circle where it's like we started like that because you know we started mm-hmm. with these with OT being like about meaningful occupation and about getting people doing things to heal themselves um, like carving or uh, leather work was some of the yeah. early stuff right basket and weaving so, basket, <laughs> basket weaving love baskets it's been a while since I was in school learning about all the stuff, but I feel myself more and more going back to it now because mm-hmm. for a while it's like you're on these little rabbit trails trying to prove yourself and say, you know, this is just, neuroscience. Yeah, this, this is, is neuroscience. motor like, development. I can bring this in is... stuff from psychology. Oh, yeah. I can, you know, I can bring in stuff from, you know, whatever research they're doing. But or, I think you that's know. the key is mm-hmm. bring in, not mm-hmm. become. Exactly. Not or not in. narrow in. Or not say, you not not uh, restrict. And I think yes, it comes yes. back to... It, it just comes back to play. It's like, mm-hmm. don't make it prescriptive. Um, don't make, make it, it top down, but like, yeah. Um, make it sort of like, yeah, play, right? <laughs> <laughs> make it play, make it yeah. meaningful. Um, but I think that, yeah, we have to figure out, I guess in my own mind, I guess I have to figure out, okay, how do we meet, you know, that certainty level and that this is evidence-based level mm-hmm. with, um, and go back to like what the core of OT really is, which is play, which is play, mm-hmm. right? For Basket everyone. weaving with uh, soldiers who are healing, that was play. And it was play that Leather was- carbon. Yeah, Leather carpet, everything. That right? is, that is yeah. play, yeah. Exactly, and it, it, it mm-hmm. was finding new ways uh, to create meaning in your life through activities and, mm-hmm. um, and to meet your goals, right? Yeah, so- And now we're kind of swung full circle too. And I think you started touching on this when we were talking about evidence-based and certain people get money to do the research Mm -hmm. and how that does control what we have evidence Mm -hmm. for. And I think there's so much evidence for person-focused interventions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, occupational science is very small in the research world. Mm -hmm. When we can pull from psychology, we can pull from motor or uh, development, we can pull from all these different areas. Mm -hmm. But we're not really pulling from, you know, environmental mud or mm-hmm. occupational science. Like, yeah, we, yeah. we break down tasks. We're really good at that. But I think it's sometimes it's hard for us to stand in our own ground of occupation. Mm-hmm. Um, because there isn't as much evidence to pull from. No. And, you know, that's not necessarily anyone's fault. Or, But I think we have to be aware of that blind spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's way easier to find evidence that's going to be a, a person-based intervention. Mm-hmm. But... That's only a third of what we do. Exactly. Right? Like, we're missing out on so much by not staying true to that environmental adaptation mm-hmm. and occupational adaptation. Exactly. So I think that's where evidence-based, solely evidence-based practice 
kind of fails us. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, I think there's a big push in the OT world, especially in Canada, to do more research and occupational science as its own field is starting. But yeah. it's nowhere near the giants of psychology or child development. Mm-hmm. It's not. No. And I think a lot of people are like, I think there's a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of parents or schools who are still like, kind of like, who look at psychology as like the gold standard mm-hmm. for like, who helps the children or who helps the people. And I think that, yeah, there, you know, like there's, again, there's a time and a place for everyone. Yes. But I think that, um, it's too easy yeah. right now to fall into the traps of using mm-hmm. those professional tools. Yeah, and I think that, you know, the in it, in the systems, they do need assessments. They do need to have mm-hmm. these things. We do need to have outcomes. Yes. And uh, we do only have limited amounts of time. And so um, I think that, yeah, all of those things make it, uh, make it cause that kind of stress that makes it seem like I, you know, I have to prove this and kind of takes away from the, oh, I can just collaborate and be and uh, be engaged in a co-occupation yeah, like co-occupation is a word. Is that from uh, occupational science? It's like co-occupation, yeah. where it's like yeah, you're yeah. doing occupations together, right? Yes. And I think that, um, and that's know... different than doing occupation solo mm-hmm. or on your own. Yeah. Exactly. So I think that mm-hmm. there's, you know, there's lots of. I think, yeah. but being confident in our own mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Right. And like that, like... it is good enough, and yeah. so I guess, can we think of some tips for the <laughs> listeners? Like, mm-hmm. we're talking circles around this, but what is something that someone can listen to this podcast and take away and put into their practice tomorrow. I guess it's, um, okay, let's look at the evidence and let's think about how we can bring it back to meaningful occupation. That's what I've been doing. Beauty. You know, like I went to a training on neuroscience, um, and it was, you know, they're talking about all these programs that have been researched and that, you know, we could do this and you can do these, you know, five simple steps to this and this easy exercise. And for me, you know, like for me, from an inspirational level, that kind of all just falls flat. Cause I'm like, I don't want to go and run clients through exercises. Yeah. You know, I'm the, I've been at the client of people who are like, just do these exercises for the rest of your life and you're going to get this blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and it's like, uh, yeah, it's like, let, let's talk about yeah. what this person loves. Let's talk about, you know, like something that maybe they love, have loved mm-hmm. that they forgot about. Um, and translate that. And let's and let's say, you know mm-hmm. what? Let's let's do this thing that, you know, maybe you forgot about because the neuroscience says that if we do that thing, this is what's going to happen in the brain. Yeah. This is what's going to happen in the body. This is going to happen in your community. Right? So I think that um yeah. That's such a strength of ours is yeah. being able to take the research and put it into meaningful moments in your everyday already. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that's no other profession thinks about. Yeah. And that's where all these hospitals have these great grand new ideas of knowledge translation and this like mm-hmm. buzzword. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's what we've been doing. Exactly. That's, that's the core of OT. Yeah. And I think just being proud of that. And maybe that's a term we need to use. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm helping them translate this. Yeah. I'm help. I'm helping them generalize, you know, yeah. whatever those, uh, that's what I find helps yeah. me stand in my ground is I have, you know, a couple like scientific buzzwords that, I can use in those ground rounds or if I get invited to, you know, one of my clients, like bigger family, a bigger medical team Mm -hmm. meetings or reviews or whatever it is, is what am I doing? What are the fancy schmancy science Mm -hmm. words I can lean on Mm -hmm. to make myself feel more legit? Yeah. When I know in my core that occupation doing being 
becoming, you know, <laughs> belonging is enough. Being, becoming, belonging. I'm like, I what's the other one? There's this. another one. Yeah. <laughs> like, that is enough. Mm-hmm. But for me to feel confident in this academic world, in this evidence-based world, yeah. I need to give them what they're talking about, too. Yeah. And that's the only way that I'm going to feel, you know, equal and that what I'm saying about this family or about this child is meaningful is to share it in, you know, other professionals' languages. Exactly. So I think going through what what actually do I think? And then what are those key science words, science mm-hmm. formal words that I can lean on? Yeah. And I think that, like, even, like, in, as you're practicing or whatever, you're doing, mm-hmm. you're doing the day-to-day stuff, you kind of forget that we also have our own models. We have the, you know, yeah. we have the Kawa model. We have the Canadian model of occupational performance and engagement. And, um... Is that what it's called now? Yeah. <laughs> and, like, I've even caught myself being like, I haven't really looked at those for a while. You know what? I have been looking at them again and saying, you know what? These I've are got, great. I've got a model. I don't yeah. need to make a... I don't need to prove myself. No. We've got all this stuff, you know, that's, like... That's tried and proved yeah. and evidence and rigorously, mm-hmm. like, looked at. Yeah. And I think some... Yeah. I don't know if it's... We don't think it's enough because it's yeah. OT and not everyone knows what it is. It's not, you know... Yeah. I think we're always, you know, yeah. Doubting our awesomeness. We're always doubting our awesomeness and we're forgetting that we have models and that, you know, like, I don't know if everyone is, but I think Mm -hmm. that in the day to day of like, we have to meet these outcomes and we have to um, do these assessments and we have to do this, this and this. Mm -hmm. We forget that, you know what? The spirit is in the middle of our model. We we're allowed to model. talk about this. We're, we're allowed, allowed to embrace this. What? Yeah. And we, so, we aren't just allowed. We need to. This is to. our core. Yeah. We had stakeholders asking for models mm-hmm. and saying, oh, these, this service provider and this service provider are coming up with models. And I'm like, we have a model. We we're living it. Yeah. 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 That's it. And maybe, I, you know, maybe it's about, um, maybe again, it's about that, uh, like maybe I wasn't as inspired about that model. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to go and do the thing that I like to do, which is play. But like now I can say, I need that model. I need to yes. bring it. And I just say, this is what I've been doing all along. And right. we've got the model. Got we've it. Got it. We've got it. It's proven. It's yeah. awesome. If you want this model, we got the, you know, if you mm-hmm. like it in nice little circles and triangles, we got the Canadian model. If you like it more like flowy, we got the Kawa model. We've got things. We've got all of the things. And yeah. I think that's where leaning into that research, mm-hmm. leaning into that proven stuff mm-hmm. helps us stay true. Yeah. When we lean into, you know, the OT specific yeah. stuff. And I think if we go back to those models, we'll feel that we're scrambling less to prove our awesomeness. Yeah. And that, you know, play is a part of life. It's just as important for yeah. other professionals yeah. or other stakeholders to learn what we're talking about by mm-hmm. us explaining our models rather than trying to make us fit into their world mm-hmm. when we don't. And that there's a reason for that. Yeah. That's that's why we're not the same. Yeah. And that's why we have OT. And that's why it does do all the amazing, impactful things it does for people. Mm-hmm. Because it's different. Yeah. If you were going to psychology... And it didn't work. And you went to OT. And we're doing what psychology is doing. Mm-hmm. What was the point of all of that journey? Mm-hmm. We got to offer our true self and our different exactly point of view. And or I a think, different way of getting yeah. to the spirit. Yeah, I saw yeah. a model that someone had made the other day about, like, all the things that you have to do to be, like, a, you know, a good student at school or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is a good model, but I want to... This reminds me that I should go back to the OT model where mm. spirit is in the middle, where the person is in the right. middle. And it shows me the OT domain and it reminds mm. me that everything that I'm doing already has a model. I don't yeah. have to stress 
that is enough. It is enough. Those models that have been created by, yeah. By very our, smart. By our very smart Canadian occupational therapists have yes. been spread worldwide, are recognized worldwide. And, and I don't in need other to, professions. Yeah, in other professions. Yes. I don't need to scramble. I got no. this. I right? can stand on the shoulders of giants. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think, yeah, regrounding. I'm feeling like all invigorated in our own stuff now. I'm like, yeah, occupational science, but like occupational models and like, yeah. Sometimes you like, you're in these like traps where it's like people are talking about like, oh, you know, we need to see a psychologist. We need this. And I'm like, if only I was this. But like, I think, yeah, going back to your own models and and saying, yeah, yeah, this is the power. Yes. And it's totally okay if they need psychology too. And it's totally okay when they need physio, too. And totally awesome when they need speech or whatever else. Kinesiology, whatever you want. I can be an OT and still be awesome. But, yeah. And that doesn't mean people don't need other things. But I don't have to offer them. Mm -hmm. I can offer little bits and pieces and glimmers so that if they're like, whoa, this is an idea I need to, like, fully embrace, then you're like, Mm -hmm. yes, here's my favorite physio's card. <laughs> I trust them. Go right. Mm-hmm. I mean, and give them lots of options and be ethical to our yeah. college. But because <laughs> yeah. I want to focus on spirit and I want to play. <laughs> yes, because that is what yeah. my model tells me. Because that's to my do. meaningful occupation, and it's telling me me what to do, mm-hmm. and it's telling me what to do with you. Yeah, and I can't find strengths in someone else if I'm not coming from a place of my strength and mm-hmm. my strength. And I'm going to speak for you because I know mm-hmm. your strength is connecting with people's spirit. And, you know, and peeling the onion or whatever horrible metaphor you want. (laughs) But getting in there and finding out what is meaningful, what causes pain, what causes gains in that family or that person. And how do we get more gains and less pain? Mm -hmm. Because it's not what everybody wants. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in meaningful occupation. That's that's how we get there. That's, yeah. Well, just being, belonging, and becoming. And doing. (laughs) There we go. Is that all of them? Come on, Wally. Thank you. Oh, man. The, the uh, models have been changed, so, yeah. Yes. All right. That's great. Cool. Um, all right, Bronwyn, we have come to the favorite, my favorite part of the show, rapid fire questions. So I'm going to do the best, not to, my best, to not comment on everything you say and just, like, be totally enthralled. But, and as I'm going to just ask a, them quickly. Yeah, as if I let you get a word in edgewise throughout the whole thing. <laughs> all right. Are you ready? Yeah. What guides your practice? Well, of course it's play. (laughs) Well, it's play, but it's also love. And I think that, um, yeah, I guess getting to a place of self-love and loving who I am and knowing that that is enough and, um, yeah, and translating that into play, but also love for play and love for the people that I'm working with and knowing that, you know, they are so awesome. They have the answers. And if we can collaborate and play together... We're going to find that. We're going to, we're going to figure it out. Beautiful. How do you describe OT? Hmm. Skills for the job of living. Or <laughs> Skills for the jobs of living. No, um, OT, um, if people are asking me about it, I just say like, yeah, occupation is anything that somebody wants to do, um, in their life. And I support them to find, you know, creative ways to do that. Easy. The longer I do this podcast, because I'm so seasoned now, this is what episode number five. Yeah. Um, the more I, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. This definition, you know. Yeah. And it's sometimes great. I go into like, you know, for some kids it could be this, or for some kids it could be this, or for adults. I, yeah. For, yeah. For, for, yeah. For me, I guess I usually describe what I do. Like people, you know, we have a wide range of things we do, but most of the time I'm just like, yeah. 
anything that people want to do. And we have lots of, you know, a broad education that can kind of bring in things that we need to help people do what they want to do. Right. Yeah. What's one piece of advice you'd give yourself when you were starting out? Keep playing. Like, I think that, um, you know, when I first started as an OT, we're creating what it is we wanted to do. And I think that, um, you know, not having as many top-down restrictions, like I guess from the top or prescriptive mm-hmm. kind of ways of doing things, not having so many prescriptive ways of doing things kind of allowed me to just be like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to make it up. We're going to do this. We're going to play. And I think, you know, as I went on and sort of, you know, uh, there was more systems put in place, which are necessary for a practice. Um, I became a little stressed out. Right. <laughs> so I think like just, uh, yeah, a reminder to keep playing and to not only OT while you're at work, but also OT yourself. OT yourself. Yeah. Hashtag. Mm-hmm. Love it. How do you take care of you? I take care of myself through play. Uh, today, for example, I, uh, got up this morning. I wanted to do some paperwork, but kind of felt like I can wait till Monday. And I went to the skateboard park and nobody was there because the kids aren't out of school yet because it's April. And I just went full force skateboarding. Nice. And, um, yeah, that's one of my biggest, like, I guess, therapeutic play um, activities for myself that I've been doing since I was a teenager. And the skate park is, you know, a playground for me. And, um, yeah, I think, you know, obviously play, physical activity, nature, skateboarding, cats, dogs, um, sensory things. Yeah. Play. Play. (laughs) Yeah. What about this work fills your bucket? Um, well, I guess, you know, play. (laughs) (laughs) One more time. (laughs) Play. Um, I think it's just, uh, that I get to have fun while other people are having fun and we both meet our outcomes, which is, you know, I get my, Mm -hmm. I get paid I uh, have a job, and um, yeah, I meet the outcomes yeah. of, of building whatever goals that the kids and the families have. So. This, this is where I'm going to get my edge in. I know Bronwyn from <laughs> outside of this podcast, <laughs> and knowing his caseload and the families that he supports is just phenomenal, and it is so much more than a paycheck, and they are so lucky to have him as their OT. Woohoo! Yay! Okay, um, thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you for what you do, because I think that creating a space for people to share about OT and share about their passions is, like, really important, because I think it's another way that we forget to take care of ourselves. You know, I get so wrapped up in, one day I will write this speech, one day I will write this book, one day I will do this thing. What should I be doing? What should I do? What should I be doing? And I think that podcasting is like another way that you are creating room for, for play. Let's just come up with a topic and talk about <laughs> it and like, and like share it. And I think that that is exactly what I needed today and awesome. in my life um, to share about, yeah, play and how much I love it is, um, is collaboration with other people and uh, creating space to do something without feeling like I have to do it this right way or I'll never do it. Yeah. So, well, yeah. the next time you need to vent about something or want to share it, I'm sure everyone will be as excited as me to hear it. So Sweet. Thank you so much. Let's high five like so we can hear it. Oh, I hope that comes through. <laughs> awesome. Will.
Music in today's episode is by David Hyde. Thanks for tuning in. I would love to hear from you. If you have any ideas for the show or would like to be a guest, please email me at thegeneralistpodcast at gmail.com or connect with me through the website at thegeneralist.podbean.com. And that's The Generalist with a J. 